Hello, hello, Karn. This is Peter Holland of the Karn Hub, and you're listening to the Hub Sports Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Hub Sports Podcast. I'm Peter Holland, and it's been a while, bud, since I had you on the show. Uh, gave you a little bit of some time off get to get some interviews in with some of the UK pros, but um, good to have you back on the show. Well, thank you. Good to be back. <laughs> Wow, Buck, it's, we're going down to the final fall sport of the year. And with state semifinals for football, we just wrapped up with state volleyball. It's going by pretty fast. This year went by exceptionally fast, I thought. just seemed like we started football a few weeks ago. and Well, it is a few weeks, but you know, <laughs> it, really it did go fast. And you didn't really, I, to me, didn't really have time to figure out what was going on until it was over. And it was like, well, everything's over. <laughs> just like that. Carney Catholic, volleyball, they just came up short against Lutheran. They lost in the four sets, but man, it came down to that. Just like in the last time they played Lutheran, they needed one more point, forced a set five, and Lutheran just somehow just wanted to just score the extra points, go into tied up in 24, and then score those final those final two points. But I, I must say, Buck, that Lutheran pretty much ran every team in that state playoffs. I mean, they beat Grand Island Central Catholic like they were a JV team. And the fact that Carney Catholic hung around with them, I mean, they didn't start off well in the first set, but they started to get going late. And they just played phenomenally well from both ends, offensively and defensively. Their serves were gotten better. Their blocking was phenomenal. And we saw some breakout players in um, in the younger group as well. And that's something definitely look forward to going into next year. Um, After losing Ashley Keck, Sid, and and Josie Denny, I know Coach Connor is highly confident going into next year that they might return to the state finals. They'll definitely be a contender. That sophomore group, Got a lot of valuable experience. You got to think they're going to be improved. You lose your libero, you lose your setter, you lose your number one hitter. Those are three pretty big hits to take. But yeah, when you've got the height that they've got, some of the kids that didn't play a lot this year got a lot of potential. It'll be interesting to see what they do next year. They'll they'll definitely be one of the teams to beat. I'll tell you this, Buck. We mentioned about losing the number one hitter, Ashley Keck. That's definitely going to be tough to replace. But I saw a lot from Margaret Harburg. She played phenomenally well during the state finals. And she looks like the bird that could really step in as that next outside hitter. Uh, she has the length. She has the, the height. She got worth on her strength and get stronger. And I think that would make a good replacement. Losing the setter, Sid. Kelly Squires also experienced as the setter. Maybe they might consider that moving that moving her to there. She has a little sister, Sophie. She could also get in the mix as well. I think that the question of the is presented to libero position. I think that's gonna be up in the air of who's gonna replace Danny. Danny was also also played phenomenally well in the postseason, diving for the ball playing defensively, gathering all the digs. Um, and I'm sure they're going to find someone who can replace her. But I think that's going to be the position that's going to be up in the air. And, and that's the position you don't really pay attention to that is really very important. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not just Carney Catholic, too. You guys got to look at the other area teams that, that made it all the way to state. You got look at Overton. Overton um, played exceptionally well in the state, even though they only, they only made they were one and done. And then you look at Amherst. They went against Superior, and they went to set five with them. They're led by their uh, D1 athlete, uh, Shayla Meyer, and yet they still play competitively well, and they're pretty young on their end. And you just look at the other um, volleyball teams within the West, like Pleasantons, SEMs that just fell out short in the districts and sub-district play. You just got to see the future in volleyball within our area. Minden, too, had some good young players. They'll be a factor. You know, Bertrand is always tough. Yeah, Overton... Their best two players are sophomores, and well, their setter was a young underclassman, young girl. So yeah, Overton's going to be a, a team to reckon with. We'll see. We'll see how some of the others come out, but yeah, Overton's going to be somebody to reckon with. Looks like Amherst, their trajectory is moving up. They'll be tough to play with. You know, you look at a team like Elm Creek that didn't. They had a did not have a good year at all, but they were all young, and they're you know they're almost all be back. We'll see how they do. Yeah, we had some good young players to keep an eye on, and we've left out Shelton. And don't leave out Shelton next year. <laughs> they're going to be really good. It went about the way I thought it was going to go this year. You know, we knew that Carney Catholic would be pretty good. You know, Overton would be pretty good, and Amherst would be pretty good. Sumner pretty good. We'll see how next year goes. Absolutely. Once again, congratulations to Carnic Cat on a successful season, 33-5, and five, made it all the way to the state finals, their state runner-up. Ashley Keck, Sid Connor, and uh, Josie Denny, they're definitely going to be missed, but high hopes for them going the next year. Moving on for football. Buck, are you excited? We're in the state semifinals now, <laughs> and Carnic Catholic is still alive, impressively so as well, coming off uh, another Outstanding victory over Wahoo at Wahoo. I don't know, Buck, if we're exaggerating or this is kind of biased, but the more I see Carney Catholic, the way they've been performing these last few weeks, including throughout the playoffs, beating, shutting down Boys Town and then going all the way to Wahoo and shut them down, they're starting to look like a complete team. And they look like a team that could probably win it all. Defense and running game, that's cheap. Key to winning, especially when you get into the weather would turn nasty. Definitely defense and running game would be important. And Kearney Catholic's playing great defense, and they've got a good running game. They got it all. They're playing really well. I also want to take it and say that, yeah, they run the football well. Riley Greaser, who just broke um, the sequel season record for most yardage. And you also got to take account that they can sling that thing, too. They can really pass. I have never realized how Brett Mahoney has a strong arm. I mean, we've seen him throw some pretty good passes. But when I saw the Wahoo game, I was just amazed of the him finding Carson Murphy in different touchdown passes. He will roll out to his right and then somehow find Carson Murphy in his left. That's not easy to throw. And he was right on the money, goes the nickname Money Mahoney. I think that's just impressive that not just that they can run the football well, but they can definitely be effective in a passing game as well. They've been one of the state's best passing offenses for about 15 years, maybe longer. 
they've always been able to throw the ball. And, you know, there was a time when they were very pass-oriented where they gave a lot of teams fits because, you know, the way you do substitutions and things, a lot of teams were trying to get by with defensive backs that weren't their best players. You know, your best player is probably your quarterback and your halfback and other teams would rest those guys on defense, and you could not do that against Carney Catholic. You had to play your best players. I'm glad Rashawn's got the running game going, but uh, they've always been good at passing. They've always that's always been their trademark is their passing. It's starting to look like they're they're the more balanced team of all of Class C. Pretty much, we could say that confidently. So the next game, they got Lakeview at home, and Lakeview is coming in hot. They started off one and two. Wayne and Pierce, and you know Wayne's um, they got eliminated in this uh, in the first round. And Pierce is still alive. Pierce took out the number one seed, Ashton Greenwood. So Pierce is still the team to beat, being that they're the reigning champs, and they're coming in as an eighth seed, taking out Battle Creek on the other side of the bracket. Now Lakeview, Lakeview's a team that's coming in. How, like I said, they're on an eight game winning streak. Some of the notable wins, probably the most impressive win of all, is probably Scotus in the end of the season when they shut them out thirty four to nothing, and that was quite the confident booster coming into the state playoffs. And this is also team Lakeview. They average forty points a game. All the games that we see are high scoring, so they can score. They got guys. One of the players that I'm sure Harvey's keeping an eye on is Adam Van Cleve, who's a thousand yard rusher. He rushed for 178 yards against Boone Central. Best game I saw was that Scotus game when he rushed for 234 yards and four touchdowns. So he's probably a guy that we're probably going to keep our eye on on the Lake Lakeview side. And Kirk Frenzen, last time we saw him in Carney, he he was coaching the the Shrine Bowl for the North team. So. He's making his return to Carney to take on Carney Catholic. So they're going to come in as a well-coached team and probably going to make this interesting and probably might be the toughest challenge yet for Carney Catholic. This is the old classic you know, immovable object and irresistible force clash right, where you've got the offense with Lakeview against the defense of Carney Catholic. That'll be a key matchup with those two teams or those two units going at each other. And then on the other hand, you know, again, you're back to Carney Catholic's offense plays pretty decent, plays pretty balanced. And I think probably the main concern, the last thing you want for Carney Catholic is to play under their level. They want to continue to play at the highest level possibly and not look down on their players just because they're the 11th seed. You don't want to look at them like being that. Look what happened throughout Class C. All the top five teams are gone. Pierce, number eight. Battle Creek, number 12. Uh, Lakeview, number 11. Hypothetically, if Carney Catholic does go down, if they do lose, which we hope we don't, we're talking about a state finals team that would involve the bottom end of the Class C teams. It could be someone from the 8th or the 12th seed. That would be fun. Has, has that ever happened before? Not that I'm aware of. I, um, I can't recall seeing teams that is not the number one seed, number two, number three, not even the number five seed, in the state finals. Probably want to look at the archives for that one. One advantage I think Kearney Catholic has is this is not their first semifinal. You know, they've been to the semifinals before. Haven't been, you know, only once been successful in the semifinals, and that was quite a while ago. But uh, was it the got la- experience there. Was, was it the last time they made the semifinals, and that was against Adam Central, Craig, and they lost that game? 
And that was that season. They did beat Adam Central in the regular season, right? But lost to them in the state semifinals. That's one thing about playing a team twice that that could happen that way. But we're talking about Lakeview that they haven't seen yet, that they haven't seen before. So we could still give Carney Cat the upper hand, but yet at the same time, this is a team that they're not really too familiar with. Yeah, but I'll give I'll give Rashawn Harvey credit here. You know. Sure. And again, like I say, they've been at the semifinals before. He's been at the semifinals before. They'll be ready. I don't know if Lakeview will be ready. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we'll see about that. But there's just one thing that just kind of just bothered me a little bit. If you can just shine a light on this. I think I, I do kind of understand, but it still doesn't make sense to me. Carney Catholic is the number two seed, right? I'm used to the point that when you're the number one seed or number two seed, you're the one of the best team in the class, you should earn the right to have home field advantage. <laughs> I yes, just, yes I, you should. I just don't understand this whole format that just because a team that's higher than their opponents, top seed had their own game in the first round, had to go on the road against a Wahoo team that's number 10 in the next round. What point does that prove of which team is better? Would you accomplish in, the, in that kind of format other than making it complicated for everyone? who knows that Carney Catholic should have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. It doesn't matter now because they're at home in semifinals, but what does Nasha try to accomplish with that kind of playoff format? Sharing the love. What they're accomplishing in that format is that if you make the playoffs, you have the potential of having a home game where you can sell concession stand, you know, concessions, you get a little money, you don't have to pay for the road trip. Or win more games. And that's what Carney Catholic did. I don't know. I just feel like Carney Catholic or even Ashton Greenwood, even though they lost, home, I think home field advantage is just probably the best way just to handle it. I'm just more of accustomed to that. Class A has it set up that way. Class A, um, class, class B as well. It has been proposed, voted down, proposed, voted down. Voted down. Do you think that this is going to be addressed again during the off season? Oh yeah, It'll, it gets addressed every year, every other year. That's just something that I just wanted to <laughs> bring to light because I know people are asking me why did Carney Catholic don't have home field advantage, and I don't know what the best way to answer that. Being that I'm still a newbie, I'm still learning about Nebraska in general, and the fact that there's a, with the point system and also the point that you want to have that kind of format, it just kind of confuses the people people of why we have this kind of playoff format in the first place it's been that way since they dreamed up the playoffs <laughs> and like i say they it comes up every year every other year we're still here doing doing it this way just get the top seeds home field advantage and we can all move on i'm just asking is that too much to ask yeah <laughs> okay anyways so who you i'm giving i'm asking for a prediction bro not from the carney catholic side against lakeview but Pearson, Battle Creek, winner of the Carney Catholic. If Carney Catholic wins, they're going to have to play one of them in the state finals. What do you think about Pierce or Battle Creek? That looks like going to be a really good game. And it's also a rematch. Rematch. Of the Battle Creek won one, round one. Advantage Pierce. Something tells me, Pierce, they, they've been market. They've been wanting to have Battle Creek from the start. So, I don't know. that, And they're playing hot right now as the AC. So, we'll see about that. But at the same time, Battle Creek, they've been impressive themselves. Beating Shadron and Scotus back-to-back. We'll see. And they, both of those teams have tradition that, you know, overwhelming traditions. 
this is where they make their reputation is in these last two games. Both of them. Sure thing, sure thing. Also going across the state of what's going on in uh, other um, classes. I think we have a new Carney team. Omaha North is still alive. Omaha North kind of followed that same platform of Carney High last year when they took out Bellevue West. They're now in the semifinals. Just after taking out Miller South, the number one team, number one seed, and then North Platte. That just that's really impressive. Being that they started out 0 and 5 and then finishing out with with um, four straight wins. The impressive thing is that they traveled all the way out to North Platte. That's <laughs> that's just amazing. And they won by one point. One point, 35 to 34. Football coaches everywhere just want a field goal kicker that kicks the ball through the uprise. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to UNK football. UNK took care of business against Central Oklahoma. Uh, they defeated them 37-22, right? Got a safety. Uh, got a safety. That was also impressive. And I think what's also kind of really stood out to me is not what happened during the game, but after the game. Jocelyn decided they made a deal with his um, players that if we get the eighth win, I'm running to the lake. And that's exactly what he did. That's what he did. Run, run to the lake. I was wondering he was going to go farther than that. A deal's a deal. I'm guessing that water was pretty cold. <laughs> probably. Probably. But now that they got the win, that keeps their playoffs hopes alive now. They're trying to get, be one of the seven teams in the Super Region, if, am I correct? Right. And right now, they moved, UNK's, up, they moved up to number seven today. Well, they just got to get through their final home win against uh, Northeast, which I'm sure that we don't try to do. Senior night at home, and Northeast is not good. They're two and eight, so assuming they they will blow them out. So I'm asking you, Buck, by the end of that game Saturday, will UNK get that playoff spot? I don't know. That's not the I've, answer I'm looking for, Buck. I, I've watched <laughs> committees long enough to know that when they make that conference call, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, seven seven people in the Super Region, but there's four automatic bids. Mm-hmm. Right now, the teams that are likely to get those are all above UNK, so mm-hmm. UNK would get the third at-large bid. As long as the committee keeps UNK ahead of Washburn. Washburn did beat Washburn did beat Northwest Missouri. Washburn lost to Kearney. That just made things even more complicated. And yes, it's the way things are going. You know, they they had the chance last week to move Washburn ahead of Kearney. They didn't. Uh, Washburn beat Pittsburgh this week. They could have moved Washburn up again. They mm-hmm. didn't. So I'm thinking that UNK is safe. But like I say, I've watched committees do just really weird things. I think the, uh, probably the best way to say is uh, when they're in, maybe. Maybe. Probably. Is there, there going to be, do they need a little bit of, a little bit of a help from teams across across the country to guarantee them a spot. Who does Washburn play? You know, I'm not sure who Washburn's got, but it, um, I think Washburn's played all the top teams in the conference. I think all the contenders have already played each other. So uh, the Arkansas teams still have some, you know, they have some contenders that have to play each other. But uh, I'm going to say UNK is probably going to get that playoff spot. If they win, Washburn do play Missouri Southern. Yeah, they'll win that one. So I, I'm just I'm optimistic but nervous. <laughs>
We'll see about that. Any final thoughts, Buck, before we move on? No, not really. All right. I think we've got one more little segment that we want to do. Now that girls' sports is over, I think it's probably a safe bet. Give away our nominees of who we think will be a good candidate for our Hub, our Hub Sports Player of the Year. I got a couple in mind. I think one of them is pretty obvious, but who do you think should be a, a candidate for the Hub Sports Player of the Year on the girls' side? Well, I can come up with at least three of them right off the top of my head, maybe even four. I've depends on how long I think about this. Okay. Um, Ashley Keck. That's that's Carney Catholic. That's one. She was a record setter. Uh Hannah Herrick at uh Amherst was a record setter. Uh Drew Nemac at Shelton broke some school records. Jolie Ryan at Overton had a great year. McKenna Willis, a setter at Shelton's had a good year. Sid Connor had a good year when she was healthy. Yeah, there's several people that we can talk about. Natalie Wood played well. Natalie Wood played well late in the year. Mike O'Neill from SEM had a great year. That's that's also never forget about Connie Keck's softball now. Braylon Biddlecombe, bad of 500, also been an ace pitcher all year. I think she got to get in the mix there. Braylon Biddlecombe, uh, Bella Molina. If you're looking at softball, I still think, I know that the she didn't get All-State, but I still think Crystal Lee is an outstanding softball player. We didn't have any standout cross-country or golf people. But. Yeah, these are some pretty good candidates. We'll probably work on the boys' side next week when football season is over. I think that now that girls' sports are, I think it's probably the best way to address, but these are some really good candidate girls who are to definitely be player of the year. And we'll see. How is UNK Volleyball doing? Did they just come off a huge win? Huge win. Being uh, number two ranked Central Missouri. UNK Volleyball right now is is rolling. Metro State and Denver is ranked number one nationally. UNK beat them early in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, Central Missouri is two. Washburn's up there. And right now, UNK's volleyball team is on fire. They're really playing well, particularly defensively. They're, they've got their... Outside hitters, situation straightened out. They're healthy and swinging hard. Had the injury to Anna Squires Saturday, but I don't think that's serious. I think that she was about ready to come back in. Right now, they're clicking on all cylinders. And I, you know, we talked to Coach Squires afterwards, and they are definitely one of those teams that you do not want to play in. This midseason form kind of plays that kind of role of what UNK volleyball is in a way that they will start off well, but then in Middle season will be like, eh, eh, eh. But then towards the end, that's when they started turning it on even more. Um, when you're talking volleyball, there's there's never a pattern. <laughs> momentum is so important in volleyball. And right now they've got momentum. Two more matches left. Missouri Southern on Friday and then Pittsburgh State on Saturday. Then before you know it, it's the MIAA tournament. Yeah, MIAA tournament, they'll be... They should be at home, most likely against Central Oklahoma. It's been a problem for them. But uh, at the Health and Sports Center, they're they're extremely good at home. And we'll see where the rest of the tournament will be played. All right, and there you have it. Thank you all for listening to the Hub Sports Podcast. Shoot us an email at sports at carneyhub.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Hub Sports Blog. Follow me on Twitter at the pistol underscore D-A underscore P-I-S-T-O-L. Thank you all for listening to the Hub Sports Podcast, and we'll see you all the next episode.